This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Noah's Cake. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the swimmingly infested shark changing Tiberian Tiberon Tiberius tough, tight lipped astronaut, vagrant amongst clouds, a cul de sac of knowledge, and the sweetest man on the least afoot. Justin Whitehouse, how's it going? Going, going okay. My son recently obsessed with astronauts. He brought it up coincidentally. But yeah, he, he had a, a a dinosaur that he got. He named it Neil. Oh my God, I can't wait till you show him the Challenger. I didn't tell him about the Challenger. Are you talking about the the horrific explosion? Or are you just talking oh, about the challenge? Is it? No, I'm talking about the, yeah, like one of two huge destructions we saw during our youth. That was a horrible thing. I remember it quite well. Played it on the TV in our school. Yep. I um, was actually, I, I was homesick that day. Were you really? Were you yeah. watching it at home? Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they. I mean, when I say that they were broadcasting it, they were playing the TV to yep. show us the, you know, it going up because it yeah. was a big, uh, monumentous thing. And oops, no one understood what happened. It was very. Uh, they weird. did sh- shortly after they did. Well, I was like, maybe they survived. You know, that was my. Maybe they're okay in there. No. I called the TV station saying I want my money back. Um, did you? Anyway, so he's obsessed with astronauts. Yeah, and I went to the the. The Telus uh, Science Museum. Oh yeah, we're on, on seventy-five. Yeah, mm-hmm. looking at minerals. Tell us about it. <laughs> uh, watched a uh, a movie they showed it in the planetarium, you know, on the ceiling, and old uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. It was called Super Volcanoes. He narrated it. Nice, and it was horrific. It was just close-up shots of Elvira, and then it was shots of you know Christina <laughs> Hendricks. He was like. <laughs> He was saying pretty soon a super volcano can, you know, destroy the earth. That's what it, that's what it was about. One day these horrible things will come back, you know. And um, I told my son, I was like, that's the guy from Doctor Strange. And he and said, Dad, crying. it's imitation game or nothing with me. Don't, don't be <laughs> dropping his lesser shit. Benedict Cumberbatch. I didn't know, you know, he was doing a little voiceover for the for the science, uh, you know, short film. You were telling your son about the monkeys that went up and lost. So he was obsessed with that. He actually mentioned that again today. He wanted to, he keeps wanting to know the name of the first monkey that went, went into space. I think it was Albert, right? Or something like that. It's been three episodes. I can't, can't remember. Can't zoom in that hard, but let's just say his name was Albert. He died up there. He's mm-hmm. dead in space. And then a lot of other monkeys went up afterwards. We talked about this. They also died up there or they died when they came out. It is not funny. 
but it's just a fact that was of this earth. You know? I thought it was very strange they sent a horse up there, too. It was like, what is he going to do? What's yeah, he going to do out in space? Um, die. Uh-oh. <laughs> they wondered, you know, we talked about this. They they sent a monkey up there. They sent dogs. What else? They sent a fish in space? I think so, yeah. They sent a bunch of shit up there. They sent a moth out there. Put a moth into space? Cutest oh, suit you've ever seen. Um, I was going to say, I was thinking about today that, you know, we've been doing this for a long time and yeah, every once in a while I talk about like, what if we went on tour, you know, like, you know, some podcasts go on tour, you know, obviously we can't, we don't have the fan base, maybe the numbers, but let's say we did, you know, what I thought we could do is, you know, how a lot of bands go out and they play, they play the hits, right? We could go, you and I could go out and we could recreate like our fear podcasts, (laughs) (laughs) print out the transcript and just read to each other. What do you think? I think it'd be great. Maybe then like, you know, for an encore, like the audience would be like, do another William L. You know, <laughs> say daddy noticed. <laughs> you know, I that, that'd be kind of a cool thing to just, yeah, what we're going to do. What's the, what's the Kevin Bacon prison one? The sleepers. Murder of the first. <laughs> Is that the, that's where he was the good guy in that, right? He, he went on a hunger strike or something. Uh, Am I no. wrong? No, he's bad guy in that too. Was he a killer in that? I can't he's, remember. He is the first. he is the convict. Yeah, but is and he's accused of what is he? Uh, oh, he did, of he did. Oh, he's a villain. He did. But I don't mean, you but feel bad for him? Isn't yeah, he's, he's sympathetic. Yeah, and I think he's Kristen Slater is trying to defend him, and Gary Oldman's trying to keep him under the thumb. And Kristen Slater playing himself in that. Yeah. By the way, another Kevin Bacon prison movie, JFK. Yeah, that's right. That's a genre. Bacon in prison. Bacon behind bars. I was gonna say. Jake Gyllenhaal in the news. I was reading. Uh oh. Taylor Swift. That he's released like a ten minute long like song, uh, you know, like a re release of an old song where she, everybody thinks it's about him, and then she released a short film along with it. It's about their breakup, apparently. Old Jake Gyllenhaal in the news. I didn't know they were together. I don't think they were together very long, but he broke her heart, Nick. She, um, the guy, I think uh, Dylan O'Brien is in the short film, you, you, who who also recently showed up on Curve. You like that actor quite a bit. I, I do, and so do you. You like the I Maze do. Runner movies? I mean, I think I've seen two of them. Yeah, we, together we have. He was almost um, killed during those movies, remember, in real life. Yeah, during the third one. Mm-hmm. Maybe, this, is it the third one? Or the mm-hmm. second? Yeah, third one. Third one. What do they call that one? The Death Cure, I think. Was it? Anyway, that's all. In the I just wanted to bring that one up because I know you're a big TS, uh, huge fan. I don't hate Taylor Swift. I don't either. Do you ever tap a toe listening along? No, no. You know no. what I'm saying? Uh, but I just like the fact that Jake Gyllenhaal rocked it and left it. I mean, like that's such a surprise. He's such a like a nice guy. Yeah, he was quite a bit older. That's the that's the um, that's the, the the centerpiece of the song is the age difference there. I think he was pushing twenty nine when they were dating. She was just twenty. The and, song is uh, called "Don't Treat Me Like a Ho Mysterio." <laughs> <laughs> you pop she, my bubble, boy. <laughs> she, you she Zodi act a fool. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she updated the lyrics. You know, just. Went through his filmography. <laughs> Still being cagey if it's about him, though. Anything else going on? No, I'm about to hit the road again. Man, I'm sorry. Excited? Right. You know, I, I complain about all the travel and what it does to me, but I love, you know, I've got some great people I work with, and I go to some cool places. Yeah, you love the job, but yeah, it's it's tough to travel a lot, but you do uh, like it. And, and, and uh, I, okay. let me ask you this real quick. Where are you going? New Orleans. Oh, that's not, that's a little different, right? You've yeah. You've been there for a while? 
Yeah, we're not. We're actually going to pretend we're working. We're actually just go visit locations from the Dennis Quaid, Ellen Bark, and Flick the Big Easy. We're just going to just take candid photos of us in all those positions. Probably locations. <laughs> well, either works. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm looking. It'll be nice. Good food. Good, good. Mm-hmm. Some good places. I haven't been there in like five years. So, I think he goes by Denny. You think he goes by Denny Quaid? I think he goes by whatever you'll call him at this point. DQ disqualified from acting. He's not no longer hired. Huh? You think Randy? You think Randy's reputation rubbed off? Do you think in during the day after tomorrow when he was filming in the snow, anybody said, "Is that a with Jake Gyllenhaal?" Right? Wasn't Jake Gyllenhaal in it? Is that a DQ blizzard? (laughs) Joke. Fifteen years too late. By the way, you gotta love the fact that at Dairy Queen they are required to turn their the, the thing upside down, or else you get your money back. You know, that's this. right. They are the blizzard, right? You got to make sure it's got that concrete mix going on, right? Mm-hmm. They, they they do it every time. Yep. If they don't present it to you upside down, guess what's free? Really? Yeah. Do you think there's ever a blizzard fail? Oh, my God. Yeah. Out? yeah, I yeah. think they keep track like, oh, God, Lonnie, Lonnie's in the outhouse again because he fucking did a blizzard fail. Yeah. Maybe like you, you turn upside down, a few Reese's pieces f- fall out and scatter <laughs> on the counter. Yeah. I love when they do their like seasonal they're seasonal blizzards, right? Where they, you know, because like I'm a big peppermint guy, right? So you, it's, you, you are know, ar- ar- around Christmas time, they do the old peppermint thing, um, uh, and then in January when Constantine came out to do the mammon shake, which is really cool. <laughs> it's a uh, peanut mm. butter ice cream and mammon. Oh yeah. Well, here let me ask you a question about peppermint. What's your favorite peppermint dessert? Like when it, when it, it rolls around the the holiday season? What do you? J- what's the treat you really enjoy? Jay Garn. You know what? <laughs> I missed it. I missed that movie. They called it Peppermint. Why? Was that her code name or something? I don't know. Peppermint. Was her, was her daughter holding a peppermint when she got shot or something? Doesn't her family get killed? I'm sure they get killed. To answer your question in all seriousness, mm-hmm. what's my favorite peppermint dessert? Yes, of course. It's a serious question. Take your time. Cold Stone Creamery in particular rocks an amazing peppermint ice cream smashed together with peppermints. So you like this, their, their, their method of their thing is they, they cut stuff into the ice cream. They mix it up in front of you on like a little like a plate. Yeah. And a cold smash it together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like to see my food go through pain before I yeah. devour it. Now, granted, I haven't been to one of those places in a good long time. I'll tell you a funny little story. When okay. we moved to this new house, well, it's not new anymore. But when we moved here, there was a Cold Stone Creamery five miles away. But I didn't, I didn't know exactly on what side of the street it was. And I, in my old car, which I had not updated the maps in my old car forever. So I, I put the, lo- the address in to go to Cold Stone Creamery, and it took me to a graveyard. <laughs> my kids were in the backseat, mystified. <laughs> like right up to the gates of a graveyard. It must be here somewhere, kids. Yeah, so. Let's get out. Let's hop out. Yeah. Did you have did you have uh, graveyard ice cream? Yeah. It's not yeah. a bad uh, a business know. model. It's, that's a weird treat to be having walking amongst the tombstone stones like uh, Liam Neeson. Right. Is he holding an, a treat in that movie at all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you can, Dan Stevens. I mean, <laughs> what's I going to say? Underappreciated I movie, by the way. Underappreciated. Walk, walk amongst or walk among the tombstones. Right. Is that yeah. what it's called? Matthew Scudder series of books. Right. And you've read some of those. I have. So you're telling me that Liam Neeson played a character named Matthew Scudder? Of course. They call him Matt? No. Matty? That's a good movie. Yeah, you said that. I've never seen it. All right. So, guys, we've been beating around the old pubes. It's a movie microscope. 
It's a show where we zoom in. We watch a, th- a film through bristled eyes and barnacle-shaped enclosures and clean off the Rustolium until the midnight comes along. We banish the porcelain, champion the fugate murders, and swim underneath caverns of gold and steel amidst the wet hairs of w- Wingshauser's abdomen. Just rope ourselves into a frenzy uh, over the most damned items possible. Watch a film through defeated smoky eyes. Share it to Lexi, the listeners. So if we were watching Noises Off, we wouldn't talk about the scene where Christopher Reeve and John Ritter make plans for 2020. <laughs> Talk about the little moments. And there's a ton of them in today's feature, No Escape. 1994. 1994's No Escape. Not, Not to be that. confused with the Pierce Brosnan Owen Wilson flick. I know, which came out in 2015, I believe. Now, let me tell you this. Let me just say this. No. This movie is not that old, Nick. It feels older to me. It feels like it's an older movie, like you know, like a late or really early '90s or late '80s in a way. But it's not. What do you say? Ninety six. Twenty twenty six years old. Twenty seven years old. It's a baby boy. <laughs> it's Martin Campbell before Goldeneye for crying out loud, right? Could just it should just drink. It's it's small. It's tiny. It's little. It's still brand new. I guess it's kind of getting up there. You're right. Well, at, all you have to do is look at Kevin Dillon. And Ray Liotta, and realize how old the movie is. Yeah, they 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 were just they look so young. Kevin Dillon has some crazy hair in the in this movie. He's, he's got a, some he's elfin elfin mm-hmm. hair. You know what's great? I something happened uh, after watching this movie that really made me happy. And we may have talked about this in a previous episode, but I was convinced that Scott Wilson was dead. I'm sorry, that Stuart Wilson was dead. Mm-hmm. I thought he died shortly after Lethal Weapon Three. No, 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 no. He still walks the earth. It makes me so happy. What makes me happy is there's a string of films where he plays the big bad. Like he plays the big henchman, like the Lethal Weapon 3 you mentioned. And he is a weird bad guy. Not in this one. No, he's he's fun in this. And he's but he's super weird in Lethal Weapon 3. What about Zorro? Zorro, Zorro, yeah, who who also directed by Martin Campbell. He's kind of an enigma, this guy. Like he just like wonder what he must just be so fun in real life or something. Got to have him in the movie. He doesn't strike me as like a bad guy. Certainly not. And so he, but he got definitely got bad guy roles a lot. So well, he, he uh, they made a huge tactical mistake in Lethal Weapon Three by just giving him a mustache. I know Cause... that's right. I know. And then he was also in Vertical Limit. Yeah, Martin Campbell. Yeah. Uh huh. Martin Campbell loves this man. He loves Stuart uh, Wilson. And was he related and... to Scott Wilson? I thought they were brothers. We talked about this. They're not. Weirdly enough, two different Wilsons. Blew my mind. I I believe that Stuart Wilson and they sort of favor each other. They favor each other. They do. Stuart Wilson is British. Scott Wilson is dead. He did die recently. I always got them mixed up and thought maybe they, they, they were the same person. That was my my, my mistake. Let's talk the, about the cast. You mentioned Ray Liotta. You mentioned Kevin Dillon. You certainly mentioned Stuart Wilson. Who else is in this? Oh, my God. We got Michael Lerner in this. Oh, my God. We Michael got Lerner. Kevin J. O'Connor in this. Always happy to see him. We have Lance Henriksen in this. Lance, second build in this. We got Ernie Hudson in this. Mm-hmm. We got Ian McNeese in this. Oh, yeah. And a host of others, including an early role of David Wenham of The Lord of the Rings. Oh, who'd he play in this? Hotel Guard number two. Oh, Jack Shepard in this looking like Alan Alda's brother. He Did does. You notice that? Yeah. Yeah. And then looking like uh, Alan Alda's uh, grave certificate nowadays. Is he getting, he's looking old, huh? Yeah. He, he's a he's a violinist or something. 
So is he? He does. Alan Alda's kind of a silver fox, man. I think Alan Alda's probably like eighty years old now. Fuck him. He's, he's still cutting a, a sweet figure. What do you mean, fuck Alan? I Alda? hate Alan Alda. How? How is it possible? Uh, he's just a piece of dick. It's a string bean. I do like Bill Hader's impersonation of him, though. Of course. Alan Alda, a humanitarian, Nick. Why don't? Why do you not like him? Asked and answered. <laughs> Gives too much fuck for me. Alan Alda, that's a good name, too. It's an alliteration. Let me zoom in. Anyway, so that's the cast. What did you notice when we read all, all those names, Nick? Masterpiece people? Not a woman in the mix. Oh. This is an all-male cast here. As the IMDb trivia said, uh, no females in this. And then period, it said, then after that says an all-male cast. I said, yeah, we could have just left it to the first one. First sentence there. I, first of all, let me let me. Uh, I don't like to be the guy that throws water on IMDb's parade. Female chickens, female rats in this movie. I guess that's true. Yeah. And there's also, I'm sure you notice it, a pissing piglet in this. Oh, believe me, I noticed this. <laughs> it gets a close up center shot of a pissing piglet. Is it a piglet or is it just a pig? Let's just, I don't know. It was a cutie. Oh my God. And it pissed the thick stream straight back. Had to go, yeah. you know. I noticed, and uh, must have been drinking a lot of water that day. A far cry from from the uh, animals in, in uh, Southern Comfort. I think we experienced them experiencing bodily functions. They as got well. killed in that for real, and I didn't like to see it. I don't mind seeing. I found I surprised myself. Don't mind seeing a piss and pig. No, you man, know? one of my favorite barbecue joints too. <laughs> you been to the piss and pig? So good. <laughs> That pig was a cutie, I will say. And it didn't even know it was in no didn't know it was a movie star. Didn't know it was in No Escape. Well, didn't or, know didn't know that it was just another in a long line of bacon in prison movies. <laughs> <laughs> what's the other title of this movie, Nick? What's the we where do we see this and what's the original title before they change it to No Escape? Escape from Absalom. Yes. That, and that was the movie that Martin Campbell thought he was shooting, I guess. And then they said, no, 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 buddy. We're changing the title. Uh, nobody ain't coming to see no Absalom movie. It's confusing. <laughs> it was probably shortly after Rucker Howard's Escape from Subrador or whatever. And they're like, this is not good. And then Martin Campbell's like, but they escape at the end. They're like, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Ain't no one going to make it to the end of this one. You know, we saw it on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, remember there's that scene in the line in winter where it's spring. I mean, people are not going to let it. They're, they're fine. Yeah. We saw it on YouTube. Yeah. they We couldn't. Nick has always kind of wanted to do this movie. We couldn't find it. And he discovered that it was on YouTube in HD. Watch the whole thing. So if you guys get the hanker and go over to uh, YouTube and watch it. You'll be one of just uh, over 7,000 people that have clicked that link, as it turns mm -hmm. out. It's super, super Zoom. Um, so it's funny. I, I, I want to. I would love a, to be a fly on the wall on the meetings that led to this film happening because they're they're like, um, all right, look, we got this really kind of cool story based on a book called The Penal Colony. We're looking for an actor who is known for being just the ultimate badass, invincible in a fight, versatile, wily, a physical powerhouse. <laughs> well, how about Ray Liotta? Yeah, he said he took this movie because he always wanted to be an action star in a movie. Now, here's the thing. How many actors do you think they went through before they, they settled on Ray? And when they did settle on him, do you think they had a celebration? Yeah. Well, he signed. They're like talking to Martin Mull's representation. Are you sure he can't do it? <laughs> 
You sure Martin Mull doesn't want to do it? I want to say this movie is very focused on Ray Liotta's face as the, the leading man. And he's got some beautiful peepers, Nick. He's got some baby blues, you know? They're green in some in some shots. You think so? They, you think he's green-eyed? It doesn't matter. Those eyes are spectacular. Is, is he known for his eyes? I think I just got the guy in charge of color timing in trouble. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's talk about these eyes. These eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're never going to see another love like I had with you. I wonder if that's why he's cast so much in the early days, because he just those eyes are just they just hang there. You know, too bad about the rest. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they too just bad hang about there. the rest of the face. First of all, Ray Liotta is a delight on screen, mm-hmm. and he actually pulls this off pretty damn good. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird choice, but it, it kind of works. This movie, I you like it a lot, right? I haven't seen it in a long time. I like it. I don't like it a lot. It drags a little bit, I think. Well, it, it always has. It's not a bad movie by any means. It just drags a little bit. And Leota, like he's interesting as the lead, especially since we know so much about, you know, since then, you know, there, we know about all his performances after this. Yeah, like Heartbreakers um, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just, and he's become kind of, and you know, he's become the uh, the Chantix guy or whatever that thing is, you know, <laughs> yeah. the spoken. yeah. The, the quitting smoking drug or whatever, you know, he's just, and he's a little bit of rough and tumbled personality, right? Like he's in real life, he's kind of grumpy, but you know, in this, in this movie, he, I don't know. Yeah, I guess he's kind of grumpy in this movie for the most part. Yeah. Playing himself maybe in a little bit. He does seem like every time he makes a choice in this movie, I'd be like, I was like, yeah, that's the choice that Ray Liotta would make mm-hmm. if he was in this situation. So let's talk, why don't you set up the film? So he plays a disgraced military man who was sentenced in 2022 to uh, an impervious prison run by Michael Lerner, but he quickly runs afoul of that situation and is sent to an even worse place, this island where factions have sprouted in a sort of post-apocalyptic vibed cast system. It's like Lord of the Flies meets Waterworld or something. Right. It does look like Waterworld, I'd say. And it's, uh, you know, he's a badass. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be anybody's friend, but he ends up finding a cause, sort of a self-serving cause, but a cause to, uh, Defend uh, the the uh, what the insiders? Is yes. the insiders or the outsiders? He's in the outsiders. The insiders are the bad guys, I believe. You know the the, the warring factions here. But you're right. Like in, and during the credits of this of this movie, you see this. You know maybe this like a military presence on a stage. It's kind of very you know, black and white, I think. And as the credits kind of roll, as they end, the guy at the front of the stage gets shot in the head. And you, you know, that's Ray Liotta that did that murder. And now, sure you know, it cuts, yeah, and it cuts to the prison. It cuts to this. He, he's he's on a train going through like a desert, like a red desert, because this is a sci-fi movie because it's set next year. <laughs> and they're on their way to someplace bad. He's he's on the way, on his way with a bunch of uh, convicts to Leviticus Level Six Maximum Security Penitentiary. Okay, and the start of this movie. You familiar with ahead. Leviticus? The Bible. Third book, dog. Mm-hmm. No, it's got a lot of like what speeches to Moses. From I just read that on the Wikipedia. I'm not that familiar with the Bible. And oh no, that's the, oh, never mind. I, I I thought that was one of the jet setting aliens. In the year 2022, the international prison system is operated by private corporations. Criminals from all over the world are exploited at a profit. Prisons have become big business. I guess this movie is ahead of its time. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that has certainly happened. But that's kind of the the intro you get to this film. And then it's Ray Liotta on this train 
going to this prison. And like Nick said, the initial prison he's in that, you know, he gets the speech delivered by Michael Lerner, who's the, the warden. You're never leaving. You got no friends and family anymore. Your life is over. You're just going to live out the rest of your days here. And then he finds out through his very jittery roommate or cellmate that there's a worse place called Absalom. And this guy's terrified of going there, even though he immediately breaks the rules and gives Ray Liotta some bread. That's a huge no-no at this prison, as we find out. What happens? Ray, uh, Ray Liotta is asked to torture this gentleman by Michael Lerner. Instead, mm-hmm. he grabs the torture device, and threatens Michael Lerner, and then is pulverized and sent to Absalom. He's whisked away to this island prison that's somehow supposed to be worse than this place. I don't... Is it worse? I guess there's more fear of death there, but at least it seems like you got to be outdoors. You know, beautiful tropical location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody seems that... De- I mean, there's always a threat of violence, but they also get to, you know, make art and chop wood and look at Probably. the ocean. Yeah, there's a lot of good shit going on. Ray Liotta is dropped from a helicopter. You know, it's that's, that's low to the ground. Instant rats. And there's rats crawling all over him, which we never really see again. The, the, these islanders, these prisoners do eat rats. But Ray Liotta is covered in these, in rats. Instantly. Um, and he gets up, and this, the, the funny thing about this movie, uh, Ray Liotta, his faces that he makes throughout this movie when he's in pain, Mm-hmm. Or when he's covering rats, it's just it's perfect. Like he's got the weirdest facial expressions. And I mean, they're are... not. It's not cool facial expressions. You know, make like some actors would play those scenes pretty cool. Ray Liotta does not. And those and there was so it was so obviously domestic rats. It's like so sad to see them portrayed in such an awful light. Sweet little people. Um, they said in, they were lap rats. In, 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 trivia. In, inmate number two six seven five. Ray Liotta. And that's the end of my notes. <laughs> His uh, act, his his character's name is J.T. Robbins, Captain J.T. Robbins, and he goes by Robbins. Everybody calls him Robbins all the time in this. Yep, and um, doesn't it doesn't look like a J.T. to me, Ray Ray Liotta. Really? No. Um, he's, uh, he's a Jersey thoroughbred to me. And then you, you got you got you got freaking Ratman and Robbins at the beginning there. That's pretty good. <laughs> Here's the thing, Nick. They do a DNA scan at the beginning of this movie that reveals that Ray Liotta, that J that that JT has a pathological aversion to authority. They need to do a DNA test to determine that. Not that <laughs> he shot the guy, <laughs> his commanding officer in the head. Um, and then he won't listen to Michael Lerner, um, who lays down the law at the beginning. In fact, just takes him hostage. Um, yeah, they, but they, is that is that a real DNA test that can determine that? No, I can't imagine so. Maybe in twenty twenty two. Fingers crossed. By the way, I bet I bet Martin Campbell thought he had he had it all locked down with that first shot, that mm-hmm. opening shot of the guy getting you know the assassinated three quarters perspective, the marching Pretty soldiers. Stylish. Yeah. He's like, man, I blew people's minds. It's all downhill from here, and there's never a shot like that again. No, but he did a similar thing. Remember in um, Casino Royale, doesn't it start off in black and white or something? Yeah, but very stylish. It's the same. It's the same shot. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, he's he's just he's his whole career is just he's just pillaging this. He said that he did this movie because he wanted to buy a house uh, recently. Um, that's 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 revisionist bullshit. Scott, so? hell yeah, and that was early in his career. He was probably thrilled to get the job. 
That's bullshit. That's him just dissing a film that's that's kind of fallen out of touch. Kind of. I wonder if most people don't even know this movie exists. We had to find it YouTube. It was YouTube. a sleeper. I mean, I'm when I saw, I saw it in the theater and I, I bought it on VHS. It was a sleeper back then. It was kind of a cool little movie, right? But it was it had to be a huge fail. And and they obviously made they made they put a lot of money towards this movie. I mean, the sets are immense. They built a lot of houses, a lot of stick houses in this. That had to cost a lot of money. There's a cast of like hundreds in this. Yeah. All wearing weird masks, and 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 I, I, it was strange because they actually they made a huge mistake. They made both Stuart Wilson and Lance Henriksen infinitely, and Ernie Hudson infinitely more charismatic than Ray Liotta. Like those guys are sexy as hell in this movie. They didn't make them, Nick. They didn't make them that way. They just are that. No, way. they cast the guys. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the 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 wattage coming off of those three is rather mm-hmm. substantial. Henriksen is. Uh, still to this day an underrated talent I think and he he can mix it up that's what I like about him and he's certainly in this mo- in this movie he's playing uh his name his his name in this is father right you're right he can mix it up he can get killed in man's best friend he can get killed by the terminator he can get killed by an alien he can get killed by uh, just a a vagrant he can get killed so many ways hey pumpkinhead could shred him does he get killed in pumpkinhead has to die I never saw it he has to get punished because he uses his son's death as a means of bringing Pumpkinhead into existence. You don't, you don't get, you don't come back from that. You don't bring Pumpkinhead into the world and get and just come back from that episode uh, tomorrow. <laughs> Are we gonna watch Pumpkinhead? We will do Pumpkinhead. I'm good. I'm up for it. I've never seen it. Saw it in the theater. Was and? so excited about it. It's shit. You also were excited about Rawhead Rex, right? When it came out, I continue to be excited about Rawhead Rex. <laughs> he pisses on a priest. How do you not love that? No, let's say Pumpkinhead's a way better film than Rawhead Rex. Yeah, I can't remember. I just don't know who's in Pumpkinhead. So really, um, Lance Henriksen isn't the star of that movie. Is there a, is there a, like a, a younger star, a younger person that's the star? Uh, the oldest star is the star, Lance Henriksen, and then his co-star is Pumpkinhead. Who played Pumpkinhead? I'm sure it was Kevin Peter Hall, right? He dead as the same hell. Same guy, the guy that played Predator? Let's find out. This is important. I think Stan Winston directed it. Dead. I think you're right. I know you're right about that. And the pumpkin head it was played by. Let's see, he played old pumpkin puss. Played the played the cutest. You shouldn't have to scroll this fine to find out who played Tom Woodruff, special effects artist. How come now, Pumpkinhead? Is he mad that he's just a? He, is he mad because he has a pumpkin for a head? Like what? What's what's going on? What's his beef with the world? Like why is he so angry? He is a vengeful spirit. He's a vengeful creep. Let's talk about no escape though. <laughs> what's what's he mad about? What's his beef? I gotta know. I remember. I think the kid gets killed by a plow or something like that, and then he, Lance Hendrickson does whatever witchcraft to bring Pumpkin. So Pumpkinhead is probably happy. He's probably in his lounge just chilling, and he gets yanked out of it by some you know farmer to do his bidding. So he's probably what's his, pissed. What's his method? What's his methods of destruction? Does he does he use like farm equipment to kill people? Like what does he do? He's just terrifying hands, you know. Oh man, he kills people with his hands, and then he poisons their food. And he doesn't look; he doesn't actually have a pumpkin head, right? No, he just—he looks all gray alien type He's thing. Beautiful, right? beautiful creature, slick and slimy. Do you like when? Um, uh, do you like when Ray Liotta gets carried like Han Solo? There's so many Star Wars shots in this. Did you notice that? Like, I'm not kidding. Let's there's like it. a there's a there's a shot where Ray Liotta. It has his like twin son sons moment. Like he's look, he's sitting there looking at a, a sun and the ocean, and they sh- they go they cut back to him. He looks like Luke. I mean, it's in the same pose, you know. And then his he melts away, and his robes blow away. 
What's there's another shot? I'll, I'll go through my notes. There's another Star Wars like shot, but you just mentioned the, a third one. I mean, it's got to be intentional <laughs> for sure. And you know, one thing I did like about the beginning of this movie is Ray Liotta plays this like he he stands up to Michael Lerner right at the beginning, like he's like giving him sass. And the next thing you see is he's thrown into his jail cell and he's been beat up. To, he's been beat to shit. They just they 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 did not show us him getting his ass kicked, but he is bloodied and not happy about it on the floor of his prison cell. Anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. Growing up, I never bought Michael Lerner in any movies. Why? I just he didn't feel like he belonged. He is sort of a Maury Chaikin thing where it just it felt like he didn't fit in a lot of movies. And, and in this movie, he conveys no authority. Like, you, there's no. I guess it's supposed to be. He's like he's basically a corporate stooge. He did. He did pass away, right? Oh, he's super gone. Because he was. I. He was a lot. He was always used in the Coen Brothers stuff, and I always liked him in the Coen Brothers stuff. Like he's in. Is he in Barton Fink? And yeah, I've always Miller's probably. Yeah, but I, I never bought him. I, I think he's like a very unique actor and and doesn't have a lot of gears, but but I always liked him and stuff in particular i think barton fink he's good in and what else is he in here are we sure he's gone he's super dead still lives <laughs> he is <laughs> how here's how i know he's in several announced projects and several projects in post-production and completed states for this year nick they did not these aren't holdovers from when he died he's still out there killing it you still have time to uh be a fan no longer working for um, the Coens too much, I don't think. Because they like good actors. Come on, he's good. He's good in, well, what else? He's an elf. Ugh, awful. I mean, it's in the Mod Squad. Now we're talking. <laughs> no Escape plays the warden. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so Stuart Wilson's doing sort of a Jamie Sheridan impersonation in this. Or maybe Jamie Sheridan's doing a Stuart Wilson impersonation and everything else, but they well, he he looks like Jamie Sheridan. Like he, it could be Jamie Sheridan in this movie, and they could have just said it was Stuart Wilson. It could be his pen name or something because he that is huge. He looks like his twin in this. <laughs> it could be Jamie Sheridan from The Stand. Yep, it's like the same looking character. He, right? but but Stuart Wilson is so charming in this. It's it's uh, he is having a ball. He's eating the scenery. Yeah, he and his character is wild haired and he's got these crazy, this crazy nose jewelry. Yeah, I love it. And he's the leader of this of this tribe of prisoners that that, you know, Ray Liotta, as soon as he gets pushed out of this helicopter, he's surrounded by these islanders that are all like kind of disguised in mud, have these crazy masks and spears. And then they take him like. Waterworld. Like you said, you know, like you said, the Han Solo, the Ewoks take Han Solo. Remember, they, they, yep. they take them on a stick to their to their I village. Know, exactly like that. Yep. And then they meet. That's when Stuart Wilson makes his presence known as the lead, as the leader. He kind of is like having fun with Ray Liotta. And Ray Liotta is pretending he's having fun, too. Like they're cracking jokes. And so then there's a trial by fire. He says, you know, he says, look, Ray Liotta, you could stay here, but you got to battle my badass boy on this weird fan thing over water. That guy had a silly name too. He did. And so this big guy with a knife and Ray Liotta have to battle. And then Ray Liotta does a Indiana Jones Raiders move as the guy's like scaring him. He just throws a knife in his chest yep. and wins immediately. Thus earning the respect of, of Stuart, you know, Stuart Wilson, Ralph. Yeah, his name's Ralph. So then Stuart Wilson starts talking about their future together and Ray Liotta pushes him in the water and runs away. (laughs) (laughs) 
and then the whole group sets upon him. And yeah, he's doing some zips and zags through the jungle. He's doing, you know, he's trying. He's trying to get away. He kicks ass in the woods a lot. He does. He kills some people. Godzilla uh, is Godzilla is the movie why I hate Michael Lerner. Why? That was that whole Siskel and Ebert bullshit. So it's not really his fault necessarily. Did he play Ebert or something? Or he was, was he one of those to... two characters, but it's an awful I mean, that's a bad movie. And that's a really low hanging fruit joke, and he did nothing to the to add to that part. So. I can't remember like what the joke is. So they just Godzilla step on the critics or something. No, I think he's like the mayor. I think the mayor is called Siskel and Ebert. Like there's like two characters, like the police oh, yeah. commissioner, and it's do they get killed? They get destroyed. They to, of course, yeah. yeah. Ray Liotta gets away. He gets hurt. He gets shot in the leg, and he's stumbling away. And then they they sleep dart him. And somehow he wakes up when he hits the water, and he's you know able to survive. He falls a long way, and he does not land in a very comfortable position on the water. No, he looks dead, but he's okay. He he does he does fight a little bit before he is knocked out. When he he's rescued by a different group from the water. Here's the thing: this is the shot they showed in the trailer a lot. Is this guy falling? His stunt double falling down this is a very high waterfall. That's but they, I just remember that shot from the trailer, and that really is like the most actiony, stunty shot in this. I'd say. Yeah, there is a lot of there's a couple later on actually, but we see a lot of of Ray Liotta's stunt double in this movie. You can yeah, tell he's a better looking guy too, which is funny. <laughs> How dare you? There's a lot of big fights in this, like as far as like you know battles, like two armies fighting in this movie. But there's just not a lot of action in here. Which is kind of surprising, really. Note to the listeners, he's being very generous when he calls them armies fighting. Well, you know, and the another thing is they make apparent is when he's rescued by this this insiders group, or I'm saying the outsiders group, they tell him they're outnumbered like six to one. The insiders have 600 people. They have like 98 or something. Yeah, right? but they have the power of arts and crafts. They do. You know, Ray Liotta gets his own room and on the wall... Somebody had nailed some flip flops up as a it's a flip flop art. Did you notice this? I did, I did not. I did not. It's your worst nightmare art for you. Footwear is art. Yeah, flip flops is art. That's even. I mean, that's such a. So on my last trip, I get on the plane and the air conditioning's out. Yeah, and I'm pinned between two people, and I and 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 it's hot already, mm-hmm. and the pilot announces there's no air conditioning, and then I look to my left and this lady. <laughs> Slips her shoes off and just put props her feet up on her bag. Just oh, we got to. It was the uh, it was like a perfect storm of things I don't need in life. And so, um, so I pulled the sh- I pulled a- I pulled a commando. <laughs> She's dead tired. I gave her an elbow to the old chin, knocked her to death, put a hat on her, flew home happy. Oh, I thought you said you went commando. <laughs> She's gonna take her feet off. You just decided. Um, yeah, or for her uh, shoes off. Here's the thing: that's that's a big no no. Yeah, I, I I'm not as I don't have a big aversion to feet like you do, but that's that's a no. I wouldn't I wouldn't like that either. There is a grosser thing in this movie than those feet, though. What you you don't know? It doesn't. It didn't gross you out. Let me think. Let me think. Who could it be? Yeah, oh, okay. Let me just. Is it Kevin J. O'Connor's teeth? No. Damn it! I thought I nailed it. All right, what is it? There's a scene where Ian McNeese sticks his tongue out. And it looks like the beast within head. It is he plays, a, he plays King in this. Is that's his name? Yeah, he's the guy that is his 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 role is weird. He's very flamboyant. He um he kind of welcomes Ray Liotta to the island, but he says if you get pink eye, you'll probably die. Meanwhile, Ray Liotta is suffering from a arrow to the leg wound when he you know when he hears this. He talks about trench mouth. He talks about all mm-hmm. sorts of shit. 
Yeah, he, he he reads them the rules, but he he is kind of the welcoming party, and he's he's a germaphobe, but he kind of tells Rayliota what's going on, and um, soon old uh, our hero meets Lance Henriksen, who is really the kind he's the good version of Stuart Wilson to these guys. Yeah, he's the leader, and he doesn't rule with an iron fist. They certainly have rules, but he is a very benevolent leader. Mm-hmm. It seems until until you fall asleep on your job, then he exiles you. Yeah, he banishes you. And who does he play? Out. What's his name? Father, of course. Well, am I wrong? Of, no, of oh, course, of, of course. Yeah, and yeah, you, know, you have to remember these guys are prisoners. So they all have a, a sketchy past. They all have committed a crime so high that, or so bad that they are sent to this the worst prison on the planet for life. And so. As benevolent as Lance Henriksen seems, his past is shady. He was a doctor, he had a young wife, as we find out, and the wife died. She started stepping out on him, and she died mysteriously. And they, and they, you know, he got convicted of, of killing her with 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 a medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the movie, he admits that he did it. But he still love him. He oh, still love. Hell guy. yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know, you don't cheat on Lance Henriksen. It's like Shawshank pushing up daisies if you do you know what i'm saying and I, I don't feel bad for you what do you mean it's like shawshank well doesn't he his wife and then he kills her and goes to prison he, he he didn't though he that's the thing is he andy dufresne yeah he didn't really do it isn't that correct he didn't really kill anybody he just got railroaded for it mm-hmm. what what are you looking at me like this you remember this am i remembering it wrong uh, he maybe may, he says he's innocent. Yeah, maybe he is. Is Dufresne a fucking killer? Is he a wife killer? Is this what happening? That movie cannot be a beloved film if he's really a killer. No. But I mean, what did he, Morgan Freeman do? Why is he in that prison? Oh, he deserved it. Go red. He, he did it. He did yeah. yeah, he deserves it. He's, he fucked up. Yeah. So you mentioned Kevin J. O'Connor's teeth. Yeah. Wasn't it a joy to see him show up? I love him. I love his voice. I love him so much, and he's funny, and he's he's a, he's always so his presence is always so welcome in film. I think, um, and and he so, lives he lives he lives in almost everything good. Like he lives in the Steven Summers movies. He lives yeah. here. It's just nice to see him. Yeah, he plays in this movie. His character is he's like a scavenger, and he's always trying to uh, barter for like Ray Liotta's footwear. You know, then he's like, "Look, you don't have to give them to me now. I'll trade you for them now." But just just sign this document for when you die. I get to have your, your shoes. It's very important to him. Mm-hmm. But he finds like a lot of stuff that washes up on the shore or stuff that the, they get these, the good, the, the bad guys get drops by the warden that these outsiders don't get. And so I think that they scavenge some of that stuff too. And he's got a little, um, he's got a little buddy that he works with for a while. Yeah. It looks like a time bandit. One of his friends. I can't, let's talk about Kevin Dillon now, because he's playing Gil Bellows in this. He's playing. Yes, he is. He's playing Larry Romano. Yeah, playing, Larry Romano in Lockup. Playing Larry Romano in Lockup is perfect. Uh, he's playing a guy who Ray Liotta, He's following Ray Liotta around the compound like a puppy dog, which pisses old RL off. And then, they, of course, he becomes friends with him, and he becomes very protective of Kevin Dillon. Um, who was in prison because he was involved in a kidnapping where these children died and he, and he didn't do it. He didn't mean to do it. He was just assisting a worse dude. He's a very cowardly prisoner. Like he's very young. 
he doesn't have the stomach for some of the violence that breaks out on the island. And, and really, it was very sympathetic to him. Uh, you know, for, he, he's very, I think he's kind of fatherly to him. And then he watches his kid die. Yeah. But I don't understand why Ray Liotta doesn't smash him. There's nothing that I, Kevin Dillon does in this to deserve any real. I mean, I love Kevin Dillon, but he doesn't deserve any attention from Liotta in this. They do a, a big thing in this where Ray Liotta always pushes people away at first, but he can't help. His true nature comes out and he is a, a helper. He is a protector. He is a fighter for good. Henriksen is always on him to kind of be a leader instead of a somebody who, you know, I, I guess doesn't lead or just pushes everybody away. And that, that's something he kind of embraces at the end. And throughout this movie, I'd say zoom in. And then, yeah, there's a scene where they have uh, grub together and Kevin Dillon's loving it. Leota leaves. Kevin Dillon abandons his grub and then decides to take him. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Takes him for a glass of the finest 12 day old. <laughs> yes, I know. And the way and the, the way Ray Leota reacts to this, this liquor is priceless. He uh, drinks this concoction and screams. <laughs> and basically he does the gas face for like five minutes. He cannot, and he rips the, as he's choking on, he's actually, he's choking. Yeah. And as he's choking on, he criticizes you know, the brewmaster, right? And the guy super pisses the old guy. One arm. And he's like about to kill Ray because he's shitting all over his drink. And then Ray Liotta wow. defends it saying, that, you know, he, he says something cute to kind of defend himself. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he does. He, he's he got like, every time something happened, like he, he, he'll be walking all of a sudden and then his leg, his arrow, his wound will act up and he'll do like a, like this pain face. Yep. Like it looks like he just got punched in the gut. Looks <laughs> like he, crazy. looks like he just realized a mere four years ago he was in Goodfellas. There's also these flashbacks where we, whenever there's fire, Ray mm-hmm. Liotta has this flashback and he goes, starts crying. Is he starts crying all s- sad and shit? And he has PTSD. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? No, but you know, that's what that's what they're that's what I know. You know that's what it is, but that's what you're. That's how they're absolving him of his sins here. Like he killed this commanding officer because that guy. You say Absalom? Uh, that guy had commanded his him and his guy his guys to to bomb. I guess a village that they thought were bad guys, but it's just women and children. And they're, you know, Rayleigh was like, they just want to get their numbers up. We're losing the war. You know, you know, he can't get over it. He says he's going to get back. This is a weird thing though, is he, he wants to escape this Island cause he's, he can't live with, you know, what he did. And he, you know, he, he wants everybody to know what really happened. I think he probably, it, it's strange because you think he would already have been, that might've been his defense as he got thrown into jail. Like here's what really happened. And no one gave a shit, mm-hmm. you know? Or believed him. Did you did you find it far flung? Uh, the idea that sometime between like the nineties and twenty twenty two, somebody would have been sent to the military mission that was bogus uh, with unnecessary collateral damage. So let me ask you this question real quick. What did you think about the the scene where they have to tell you that Ray Liotta knows his end, like he knows his mechanics? And he has to say stuff like flaxum and cornstalk. Like you could use that to to fix the this engine. Because what's happening, and he doesn't know, even though there's no escape from this island and they're surrounded by water and there's there's gunboats, I don't know how many miles away, waiting for them to try to swim. There's sharks in the water. You know, some of these crafty uh, outsiders are, are there's, they're crafting these these kind of submarines to kind of make it, you know, these to bounce off, you know, because they have satellites kind of like, watching the waters and stuff just to go on to slip under radar to, to, for them to escape. And Ray Liotta is like, he doesn't know about this plan, but he starts to 
he starts to piece it together. He sees some night action happening. Anyway, he but he he's a genius with the with the mechanics, and they give him some very awkward dialogue. Cornstarch or, or like some like cornstalk, I think, to prove it to you that he knows that his nose is shit, Nick. Yeah, I kind of like that because mm-hmm. it turns out to be a MacGuffin anyway. Kind of is, yeah. I like yes. the fact that they they ca- they have to cut away to this awful set where guys that are monitoring these computers we keep these characters show up for no reason, and it's. Like all the stuff that's set in the in the present day of 2022 is really tough. That tra- the, the train ride, the prison, mm-hmm. the control room—that's where very little money was spent, and and there's very little time spent in those places as well. Too much. Um, what if, whenever they tell him that they're surrounded, they can't, they'll never be able to escape this island. Ray Liotta goes to see for himself. And he walks over to the shore and he throws a wood crate into the waves. Yeah. And it crashes onto the rocks. That's how he tests it. Yeah. So what, what was he going to do? A celebration if he threw the crate in there and it just started you know, bobbing away? Yeah. From- he basically, there's a part missing. They have this, you know, after their submarine gets shot away, they have this potentially cool machine with a V8 engine that they could use to really get the fuck out. And right. Leota remembers when he was thrown in a closet when he was captured by Stuart Wilson that they had the exact missing part. It's like Silent Hill, man. He, it's like he, he knew the one piece he needed to complete the mission. His mission, yeah. So he he goes uh, he goes full Barnes mode. He's got like a bandana. You know, he looks like Barnes from Platoon. Mm-hmm. Goes out in the woods to go take this shit from Stuart Wilson against all odds. And of course, Kevin Dillon's like, now's my time to die. Let's do this. Well, you're skipping a major part of the film, which is the Christmas party, where where our boy Kevin J. O'Connor bubblegum and he passes out bubblegum that he finds. And then Lance Henriksen comes out to give a toast. To and they got son of a preacher man playing on the uh, radio. And everybody's all excited. There's you know, they're kind of gathered in their little in this little, you know, fort they have, and then Ray Liotta interrupts and says, uh, to all our victims, may they rest in peace. He 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 throws cold water on Henriksen's toast. He reminds everybody that they're criminals and that they've hurt people. Everybody's like just trying to enjoy their their Kevin and J. O'Connor bubblegum, you know? Yeah. And uh, what I love about it the most is that Leota is grousing in a seashell covered coat. (laughs) His coat has tiny seashells on it. That is incredible. Yeah, he gets to model some pretty cool sweaters in this movie. These guys have, they create armor out of what looks like bamboo and seashells. There is is or seashells. Are they good for protection? That's amazing to me. That well, well, ask the muscles and the fucking clams. Yes, they are. Yeah, those guys really. They don't. Those, those guys make it all the time. They're good. <laughs> they don't get eaten. They're fine. They get- I like. I like. They do some damage. They're like, oh, is this your protector? Let me use my teeth to scrape you out of your shell as I consume you. That's it's, that's uh, what humans do. But in the wild, you got a there's a jawfish poking around. Oh, well, this guy's not opening up. I'm out of here, you know? You think so? Then the clam goes under the ground and sticks his his uh, penis out, you know? Is that what happened? <laughs> That's what they do. He's over dead. Are you eating Are you eating clam penis when you consume clam? I, I never thought of it that way. Well, I mean, it depends on how you order it at the restaurant. Yeah. You want dicked um, clams? Yeah, dicked, please. <laughs> no, no dick for me, please. Hold the dick. <laughs> if i'm not mistaken don't clams have like the hugest dicks? already ahead of you already ahead of you what did you say don't clams have the hugest dicks in the in the world like compared to their body or something it's the biggest, it's the biggest, the biggest zoom i've ever heard <laughs> even outside the show are you telling me 
that clams are hung. Is that what? Is this what we're doing? Because every girl crazy about a long cock clam. Biggest dick in the wild. Let's let me see what happens. <laughs> Let's see what comes up on the uh, old phone. If clams have big dicks, they need a new spokesman. You know what I'm saying? That is not out in the general public. Uh, okay, big dicks. Uh, the hedgehog is the the echidna has got the biggest ass dick compared to its body. Dolphins, sea slugs. Those are whales got a huge dick. Barnacles, yeah, barnacles, not clams. Barnacles have penises eight times their body length. Yeah, no, I knew that. Barnacles are known as the John Holmes of the sea, yeah. right? So, yeah, you're telling me. So you're saying barnacles like are that that are like on ships. Yeah. Swinging meat, like they are swinging meat as 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 they crest the waves on these. Like you know, if you're so when you're at the dock and you look at all those cuties like hanging on, uh-huh. you're just looking at dick housings. That's all you're looking at. Is that whenever they scrape the barnacles off the ship, you keep hearing moaning? Is that what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that how they get off? They wait to be scraped off a ship. Yeah. Here. <laughs> yes. It comes with a paddle. Yes, I didn't know that, Nick. Well, thank you. That's that's a that's I like, maybe the huge zoom. So, what I would like to do is set up an HD camera underneath the dock and then watch these eight times length dicks flapping out as they fall down from the dock. You know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> no. So, and, and clams aren't. Is that? I mean, clams- look, I, you know what? I apologize for not looking at the size of a clam's dick. Let me. Get back onto the old search engine. Get your glasses on. Get those reading glasses on. Put them to good use. How big are clams' dicks? <laughs> really looking. Smithsonian Magazine says, can you please call it penises? <laughs> Why is it not loading? <laughs> yeah, fate has intervened, I think. Geoducks. There's a penis-shaped clam. It's interesting. Oh, my God. I, I, I fucked up. Are they are they not even like they don't have a gender or something? What's no, there's a there's a guy that sticks his dick into 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 clam pots. <laughs> All right, never mind. Well, the internet, they thought they you, they knew what you wanted. Maybe they're right. There's a clam that looks like a dick. So oh, I see, I see. You're Just saying. look That's up, you're... like listeners, look up geoduck. It's not going to violate any sort of covenant, uh, but you'll see a weird ass weird. That's a strange thing you were um, dialing up there. Not for me. I'm sure, I'm sure your phone's used to it, man. It's just another Sunday for me, to be honest. So they show up like, so yeah, I, I know you were really caring about that Christmas sequence, but I'm really more interested in. Well, that's the thing is that you also skipped over the first attack. As this is happening, the, their, their party's attacked. They lose some members by the bad guys. And then Lance Henriksen's almost killed. Uh, and Ray, Ray Liotta saves him and, and, and um, from the baddies. Uh, here's the thing. We do realize at this point that they have a um, informant. The, ins- the outsiders have an informant with Stuart Wilson's crew. Correct. And later we find out Stuart Wilson has an informant. No, Michael Lerner has an informant. Oh, is it Michael Lerner? I thought, oh, it is Michael Lerner. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Darn, I can't, it's, I can't zoom in that hard. Can we please excite ourselves by talking about this journey through the woods with Kevin Dillon now? Go for it. So he infiltrates this village, but of course, Kevin Dillon is captured. Of course. Well, Kevin Dillon, yeah, and he wants to come along, and, and Ray Liotta says, you can't, you can't even kill anybody. You're so wet behind the ears. It would be useless to me if you came, and you would get killed. Kevin Dillon doesn't listen. Immediately gets captured. 
<laughs> and then what happens? What he's put in a weird concoct. He's put in a weird that's, like, sock. That's the most memorable thing about the movie to me is like that shards of glass neck thing that that Kevin Dillon's wearing. But yeah, so the best won- thing is Stuart Wilson comes out and is calling him an adorable boy, and is just drenching him in 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 in, ador- in like just adoration and cuteness, and it's it's sort of creepy, but it's not. And Ray Liotta has infiltrated the ranks like Lando Calrissian in Return of the Jedi. Keeping the Star Wars he, does, he disguises himself and he kills some of the dudes in the periphery. Like he double arrows somebody. They, he shoots an arrow through two necks at the same time. Yep. And um, yeah, he's like kind of he's scrapping around the outsides, like killing people, throwing a knife at one guy that was that was like kind of drunk. And but yeah, he's disguised himself as one of these, which is not hard. They, these guys look like the, you know, actually the outsiders. You ever know that band that Paul? Is it the Polyphonic Spree? Yeah. Remember those guys? They're like horrific. Like the band had like 25 people in it and they dress like kind of hippies. And that's what Leota's crew looks like. That's what <laughs> Hendrickson's crew look like that band. Um, yeah, that's a, it's hard to root for them when they're looking like, when they're looking like that. A little go, go bordello too. You got to throw them in there too. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. See, Leota has to create a distraction to rescue Dylan, who is, has this like glass shard necklace around him and they're they're trying to hit his leg so he'll fall into it like his so he'll slip and it'll gouge his neck mm-hmm. and and Leo blows some stuff up all everybody moves to see what the explosion is and he rescues Kevin Dillon or he thinks he does but what really happens just like yeah like when Jabba comes out of the darkness after Boosh is freed from her her prison right or Han is freed from his prison by Boosh Mm-hmm. Stuart Wilson emerges, ha 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 ha, ha. and uh, the two are pitting a gladiatorial combat, like an attack like, of the clones, or like like know, Luke, Luke with the the rancor, right? Yeah, and but unfortunately, the, Stuart Wilson lays down some rules here that Kevin Dillon and Leota, uh, father and son, in a way, yeah, much like Darth and Luke, in a way, yeah, and and Cleek yeah. and Owen. Uh, that's a that's a tough choice because Leota doesn't want to die. Kevin Dillon doesn't want to die, and they're friends. But you know, Stuart Wilson throws one knife in there. Kevin Dillon goes for it, and then he says, and he grabs it. You know, and Leota's kind of evading him. He's, it's easy. You know, Kevin Dillon can't fight. He can't scrap. Right. And Kevin Dillon says, "Kill me," and then rescue our our friends. And so Leota says, "No problem." And he does. Kevin Dillon sort of impales himself on the blade. But there is the slight fact that he's there's 200 people that he that are also there. Yeah, you can't. There's no way they can get out of this. It's a, it's a brutal. Yeah, and then what's even more brutal? Stuart Wilson, as he's about to behead the winner, Ray Liotta says, "Don't worry, Kevin Dillon's not going to go to waste. We're going to eat him for dinner. Mm-hmm. We're going to have." He says, and he says that, which I thought was a weird line. We're going to have Kevin Dill- Dillon for dinner. <laughs> he won't go to waste. So Liotta's he he escapes this guillotine. This this beheading because of the of the traitor of the informant the guy helps him and he runs away and he runs back to camp the, the informant does a good deed and is shortly after rewarded for it yeah, he gets beheaded but that's the thing Rayletta runs back to camp just in time to find out that lance henriksen has cancer <laughs> you know lance is all of a sudden on his deathbed and, and it's like, weird how they how he finds out because mcneen says we can call him cancel henriksen now and he says, uh, he says, uh, Lance is like, look, you got to stay here. You got to lead my people. Nobody knows I'm sick and you're the true leader. And Leota's like, look, I'm, he's, he's not, he's not a joiner. He doesn't want to lead. He wants to escape. But Hendrickson's like, you're the only one that can do this. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, the other storms out. But, you know, he always like takes a moment to make the, the right decision, but he does. And so the plan here is they know they're going to get attacked. They know that they're outnumbered. So they're going to leave. They're just going to abandon their, their fortress run away basically but they also so, know they also know that learner is going to send a, a chopper because we were we discovered that ian mcneese is the traitor so yeah they they well they, that's the thing is as this plan starting to hatch they find the alan aldous lookalike dead by and a blown up submarine it's just, and then it's like had, this yeah it's like owen and baru it's like the lars homestead luckily he had been clutching across that this King, you know, this King character was Ian McNeese was carrying around, so they know it's him. They confront him and they make him call Michael Lerner, pretend to say, You can't land where you're gonna land, you gotta land somewhere else, you know, that kind of thing. But this is all kind of taking place, isn't this taking place after the big battle? I don't remember. And Stuart Wilson does get killed. Probably anyway, they run into they run into town, and the only one there is Leota and a pissing pig. And a pissing pig, and he blows and he blows up all the bad guys, most of the bad guys. <clears throat> Uh, and then, you know, Stuart Wilson survives to kill Lance Henriksen, who, much like Obi-Wan Kenobi, sacrifices himself. You know, he, like, gets cut down in front of Ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Liotta has, buys enough time to to basically, what, throw Stuart Wilson onto a pike? Mm-hmm. I just, man, Ernie Hudson is so good. Yeah, obviously, you know, he's very charismatic. He said he wanted to do this movie. There's a, I read some trivia about why he wanted to do this movie. He made a movie before this that was tough. And he was like, "This movie, this movie, at least I'll be like out in Australia making this. It'll be kind of was fun. Congo before or after this? God, it's a good question. I think it's before. Mm-hmm. Congo's like ninety five or 94. Ernie Hudson in his mid seventies still looks fantastic. Looks fantastic. Yeah, he's in his mid seventies. Looks fantastic. Yeah, I, you know, constantly. I think kind of an underused actor. I'm sure he'll be in that new Ghostbusters thing a little bit. A little Winston Zeddemore action." Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was having a lot of fun in this. He, he and so and Leota says like because Hendrickson dies in this con- confrontation with Stuart Wilson and, and Ray Liotta's like he said he wanted you to be leader. That's what he told me. He kind of lies to him. And Ernie Hudson's like, great, I got to lead everybody on this prison island. Sweet. And then uh, they fly away. Yeah. So then they commandeer Michael Lerner's helicopter and they get away and they leave King and Lerner to. The remnants of Stuart Wilson's group. Yeah, right? the, it, the last shot is actually on Michael Lerner, not on Ray Liotta, which is it's almost like the end of Deep Rising, where they're on the island and the sounds of the forest are threatening. Right. I like it. It's a fun movie. I kind of. It's kind of a. You can recommend it. I mean, I think it's it's well made. It's just a, it's it's kind of like reminds you of like a Mad Max movie or Waterworld, and those movies are a lot more exciting than this. I'd say. But, but it's not a bad movie. No, and it's actually it, it it's got a great tone. It sticks to its tone. It has a lot mm-hmm. of tropes that are familiar from post apocalyptic and from prison movies. But it's it's this is kind of a sleeper. And and Ray Liotta seeing Ray Liotta playing that kind of role, it's pretty much the only time he did something like that. It's kind of fun. All right, look. So you're in a thatch hut and you hear a whirring sound because some somebody built the old tattoo parl in the arts and crafts village of uh, Lance Hendrickson's family there. Mm-hmm. So you got to put something on your bod. I wonder. How, I wonder if there are any no escape tattoos out there. If someone's a super fan, yeah, of course. So I've got a Ford logo. <laughs> he took mine, and Calvin is pissing on that Ford logo. And then the pissing pigs pissing on Calvin. Hell yeah! Is that what's going on? Yep. <laughs> I got it. I, um, I got it right above my neck. <laughs> I got a uh, 
permanent tattooed bruise on my arm. Ian McNeese, when he's getting... He does, uh, yeah. When he's threatened by Ray Liotta at the end, he's like getting held down by him. They show his bare arm, and he's got a real bruise on there. It's gross. And it's big and angry. I'd get the same bruise. I would get the perfect representation, that perfect um, recreation of that bruise on my arm. Man, the super fans are going to lose their shit when they see you at the mall. I'm going to show that off. It's a weird one to show off because everybody maybe think it's a real bruise. But I'm like, I have to explain to them. You ever see No Escape starring Ian McNeese? You know, and you go to your tattoo artist. You're like, I want a king bruise. And like, oh, so like the where the crown of thorns kind of injure your scalp? No, 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 no. (laughs) Look, the film's ended. Credits are rolled, but it ain't over, dog. The Stinger. Another long movie, by the way. This is over two hours again. It's like an hour and 56, right? No, it's over two, I think. It's a bargain. This is the what? This is the the, the extra the scene during the credits, right? The Stinger. Uh, air traffic control says, uh, we have a helicopter coming in, coming in from the west. Has uh, they Have they activated their uh, clearance code? No. Shoot it down. <laughs> Who gets away with Leota? I know yep. Kevin J. O'Connor is on that. Yep. And so is uh, the the guy that made the booze is one of them. The old guy. The one-armed guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they cut back to that pig. He somehow survived the, the whole settlement blowing up. He, he lived. Yeah. He's taking a shit now. <laughs> Did he shit on his balls? No. You, there's a great f- famous internet photo of a pig who shit on his balls. Poor guy. Because his balls are huge, I guess. Yeah, and his shit's small. Clams ever poop on their balls? <laughs> Can you look it up? Is that that Clint Eastwood, Jeff Fahey movie? Small shit, giant balls? <laughs> Close. <laughs> All right, you've been given the financing to greenlight your own sequel to No Escape. Escrow has fallen into a pit, and you are good to go. What, what, yeah. What's the storyline? I think they were talk sequel yeah, before yeah. this came out. Yeah, they were excited about yep. the footage coming back. Yes, I think Leota signed for like a nine-picture deal after this for like then the No Escape realm, and the pig signed for a nine-picture squeal. <laughs> what would a sequel be? That's interesting. The remnants are, are, you know, they're rebuilding while they wait for news upon Ray Leota's success, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what, the Marauders have been deteriorated they have fallen out of rank and they're in disarray some of them have even come over here to join us that's how crazy that is we're in a pretty good spot you know uh the new warden is a lot less uh an asshole and he's not sending crazy shit at us so let's take a day off let's go to the beach so they they go on a pilgrimage to the far side of the island with a beautiful beach and they're like taking their clothes out and sunning out getting some salty waves and just looking beautiful Mm -hmm. And then, sure, sure. And then one of them looks over the Ernie Hudson. He's like, "Holy shit, Ernie, you just got real old." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and Ernie looks oh, at him and says, "Oh shit, you got old too." Oh no, they're all old as shit now. Oh man, I didn't know this is set in the same world, huh? Yeah, they got old. It's prequel to old. Yeah, mine would be. I would just do a direct sequel for sure, and it would be Ray Liotta gets back to shore, back to the mainland, back to America, and he's like, "Oh my god, you guys got to listen to my story." Because this is a big thing that Hendrickson wanted Tim to get the word out about this place, how awful it was and how you know horrible of a thing that was happening to the prisoners he wants to get that message to the world. So Ray Liotta goes on the Today Show and he's like, I can, guys, you're not going to believe it. Rapists and murderers are being tortured on an island. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so no one cares. 
And so Ray Liotta had to get a job at Kinko's. <laughs> and, you know, that's the real prison, honestly. Can't we agree? Then he, the then, yeah, he's he's getting his one-year anniversary certificate. He's like, shit, I should have mentioned that I bombed that village that was not... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's the big thing is that Hendrickson wants him to get the word out about the place. I just can't imagine that many people would. If you find out that they were doing, I mean, they do stuff like that. You know, they have like horrible prisons for people that people don't do anything about it. But especially like these, this crew. Although I guess the outsiders did seem like a bunch of nice guys. You know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're all out there for tax fraud or something. Yeah. I just, they make it seem like that they're there for just horrible crimes, you know? Yeah. Well, it's in, so just, in 2022, who knows what they consider a horrible crime? Corporate, corporate prisons, they're looking for people to incarcerate. They got a quota. Right. This guy was texting while in the parking lot, sort of driving. Absolutely. Right. But, you know, that's the thing is like you don't find out what people are there for, for the most part. But the people that you do find out why they're there are murderers. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you're going to assume the rest of them are kind of doing bad stuff, too. And no one's in there going, I'm innocent. Yeah. They got the wrong guy. They sent me to Absalom. I shouldn't be here. Uh, nobody's kind of protesting. Ray Liotta's like, uh, your, your, your homemade beer is really strong, but I, I appreciate your moxie. He's like, I am the East Area Rapist. Spoiler. <laughs> You're given the financing to have your own business associated with No Escape. How do you spend right. that hard-earned? I mean, there's only one product in my mind right now. Let's hear it. Liotta soda, 100%. And so his face on a can... That might we need might not put that through marketing actually, but let's you know the Leota soda. It, the flavors would be based on his movies, and then this one would be the No Escape grape flavored version. <laughs> no Escape grape soda. I was gonna say that they, the 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 chemists in the labs are just trying to make this the soda taste like this movie. Oh. I like No Escape Grape. Let's go that. Let's go that route. That that probably sell better. And you know his other. What was some of his other films that you could represent through uh, soda? Something Wild Strawberry. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, Did he do, is he on, is he on on a lawful entry? Yeah. Or what's the one he's in? Yeah. Um, Killing them soft drink. Yeah, you could do this all day. I won't, I won't even be able to come up with one. But that's yeah. I get the Leota soda. Ray. <laughs> such a great you know there's not a whole lot of actors named ray am, am i right ray romano ray Liotta. right oh we would have to put out a special edition in the name of the king of dungeon siege tale oh my god he was in that yeah he's not in a lot of memorable films like he every once in a while he pops in a, up in a classic oh hannibal he's that's a great movie yeah he, i think he was in heartbreakers he was yeah He's kind of funny in that, actually. So it was uh, Gene Hackman was in that. Yep. And they all got to act. They pinched themselves because they all got to act with Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's right. I'm going to go along a similar route with mine. Okay. You know, because uh, Clooney, you know, had his liquor company, made a bank. Sammy Hagar, Ryan Reynolds got aviation. I know that the, the guys from Breaking Bad had their booze. So Ray Liotta is not going to miss out on that party. Celebra a celebrity liquor? Are you kidding? So he's got his shame tears party punch. Because, you know, he, there's a lot of scenes in this movie where he, he he is ashamed and tears start flying out. Yeah. You bet your ass Martin Campbell gathered them tears, right? So they so they teamed up with a, with a low-rent beverage company. They got, you know, they mixed some amaretta with some, some coconut milk, a little absinthe, some frangelico, and then Ray Liotta's shame tears. Made it, you know, a little apple brandy, maybe, and then, sure, sure. and they, uh, and they just they pour, they, 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 you know, they brand it hard on, like, like they kill it. It's a shot of Ray Liotta, you know, like looking all determined, 
you know, about to go fight off Stuart Wilson, mm-hmm. 120 proof. I think it's a good idea. The, and these are like the idea of people getting trashed to Ray Liotta's shameful tears. I think it's pretty cool. I thought you were going to honestly, I thought you were going to create an edible Kevin Dillon, like a, like a, that you, you know, like a full body representation of Kevin Dillon that you could pull apart and eat like a gummy Kevin Dillon or something. Those guys are gnawing on him. Anyway, but no, I like this. Can I, yeah, I have time to slip in my uh, Ray Liotta impersonation. Let's hear it. You know, the, the bad guy in this is called Merrick. Right. Just like, just like in the Elephant Man. <laughs> Hendrickson is trying to like get Leota to like help him. He says, he's like, all right, I'm going to take out Merrick for my own reasons. He goes, after that, I'm again. <laughs> Leota. The best, again. the best re- 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 Leota that was Karen. Come on, Karen. Goodfellas, right? Yeah. He, I nailed it. Yeah. So look, you've been inserted into the movie of No Escape. You're a character in this biz. Mm-hmm. What shape does your performance take? That's such a good question. What character would I be? I'm an executive from the record label uh, sent to Absalom. Right. Apparently, uh, they uh, our little royalty thing dinged when uh, an unauthorized play of uh, Son of a Preacher Man by Dusty Springfield. <laughs> so uh, I'm coming with the full force of uh, the record label. Right. Pinpoint who's at fault. Because mm-hmm. uh, guess what? There's a worse island. And we capture it. <laughs> We capture the culprit, take him to that even smaller island. You could walk from one end of the island to the other in about a minute. That's what you get when you fuck with Dusty Springfield. The music rights ain't no joke. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's the, yeah. they're squeezing every nickel now, you know, especially. In- yeah, Michael Lerner had an asterisk. He said, you'll never leave this island except don't play copyrighted music on the island or. Absolutely oh not. God. Yeah. Yeah. Not in 2022. You don't really. Oh, yes. He'd have to escape from a whole different uh, hell, I guess, in that case. Um, well, he's not the. It wasn't him that was playing the song. I'm saying, I'm saying that like that maybe that's that could be a future thing, you know, or maybe all the characters are just paranoid about crossing that, you know, that that bridge, and that's why they're singing like Jimmy Crack Corn. <laughs> all the rights free <laughs> hits because they're so paranoid, and then when someone puts on some preacher man, they just piss their pants. Well, they see the helicopter land with the music, the record labels. It's a know. big music note on the yeah, side. And yeah, and then the know. guy gets out and they're like, John Jacob Jinglehammer Schmidt, his name is my name too. Yeah, we were, what are you talking about? We were, that's our favorite song. My character would be, I'd be a guy that was kind of trying to keep Michael Lerner's character sharp, like the warden sharp, you know, mm-hmm. and just trying to get him, just trying to get him and just asking him, you know, any question I could think of, that involved person in history, an actor, anybody with the first name Michael. He Michael Lerner constantly just knows every answer. Like this guy just knows, man. Knows all about Michael. Michael Lerner. You know, I mean, just knows. And I can't trip him up. And then, you know, that halfway through, you know, maybe Martin Campbell, like, you know, his name is the warden in this. You can't keep improvising this character, but I would I think it could work. Trip up the Michael Lerner? You can't be tripped up. He knows everything there is to know about Michael's His favorite subject, Michael. <laughs> okay. So not unlike the characters in this movie, you're on an island. Mm-hmm. Floating at sea all these many years. You've been gathering debris from various films. And now it's time to take something from No Escape. I know. I, I felt at home watching this film because we've talked so much about our islands. Yeah. And I think we would do an okay job here. I mean, I'm going to answer honestly and just I'd take that seashell decorated coat that, of Leota's. And just that blue coat that he wears. They have like on the shoulders, these, these tiny little seashells like decorating the yep. shoulders as he's serious acting in this, as he's like having serious scenes. I would, when he had his PTSD scenes, was he wearing the seashell covered coat? I hope. Yeah. 
So I would I would take that that and you know that clanks and clicks and clanks when you put it on, which is kind of comforting. And then maybe if you get bored, you can kind of listen to your shoulder and hear the ocean. You know, yep. real ocean, not far away, but and then you listen yeah, and you hear queen. and then the record ex- executive shows up. No, wrong ocean. I'm hearing the wrong ocean in my seashells. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna zoom in when seashells click together when you kind of tap them together that's a satisfying it's a satisfying feeling and sound yeah don't you agree all right i throw it out there all right what about you ray Liotta's on the beach with his damn thing and you're like he's conked out oh he's sleeping no he's just he's got that shirt on i mean i'm gonna be go practical too i'm taking those three hens those little three hens you know that were hanging around the village you know they so two hens and henrickson <laughs> carrie hen he worked with yeah, and I'm gonna carry them hens around my island. If you know what I mean, I'm gonna carry them. They're gonna lay eggs for my food. Um, mm-hmm. They're gonna make cute clucking sounds, and they're gonna, you know, strut around the island like looking at everything like in a cool way. And every yeah. once in a while, I'll grab one and take it into my room. Mm. You know, like cuddle up with it, get warm with the hen, hug its hug its body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay so far for warmth. Okay. Yeah, that little their cute little feet sticking out. You know, from the under the blanket. Sure. Yeah. They're coo. You know, they make a cooing sound when they're thrilled, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a cooing sound. And so I just like, I've got like a hen under each arm walking around, taking it under the covers and just staying warm and, and listening and, and like letting their little cute coos make sounds and their little feet sticking out, little triangle, little triangle pattern in the uh, blanket. So some people like in the old days would take like a hot water bottle to bed with them to warm them up. This is your this is your kind of solution for that. You take hens to bed, right? I, I, and then you nothing and, and no inappropriate. No things happen. No, I mean I I mean like it's not a, it's not a good look. You mm-hmm. know I'm not aroused by a hen. Believe me, if I was, we'd be having a different conversation right now. But they're keeping right. me warm. But I really like the little Yoda shaped triangles under the blanket, like the little Yoda sure. feet triangles that they leave. You know, every once in a while, I'll roll over on on an unfertilized egg, and that's a weird morning. Other than that, yeah. man, I love having them out there, strutting around the island, you know, living large, uh, the ultimate food source. Just kind of, you know, sure, strutting around. Maybe I'll maybe I'll come up with a little song, you know, like a Jerry Reed type mm-hmm. song, like to accompany them when they're walking around. I think he did like. a song about a chicken, actually. You know, I have them every once in a while. I'll, I'll, I'll remove a, a good percentage of their feathers. Uh, hmm. and, and not for any purpose, I will discard them into the sea. I will not use them to build a hat or anything. I'll just rip them naked and, and send the feathers away. <laughs> and you grow, you watch them grow with those feathers back. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like it gets yeah. downy soft. Maybe I'll fill my pillow with those replacement feathers, sure, but I will yeah. rip them hens naked. Robert, whenever. Robert Downey, right? Robert Downey. Yeah. I will naked them hens up though. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You said, does that mean after you pull off the feathers, or does that mean something else? You were naked that. No, naked no, no. Head, you, know, you know, like in a cartoon when the when you see like a looked a little like testicle looking naked hens, you know, just strutting around the island all chilly with their tiny, surprisingly so, tiny arms. This is a lot of words. This is a lot of words, and there ain't no way you're not fucking these hens. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of words, and the more you went on. The longer it went, the more I know. Those poor hens. You know what I'm saying? He's saying there's a little hentai going on. Is that what he's saying? Constant thing 
Let the stars collide 